Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, there have been a number of tragedies that have happened over the last 15 years. 9-11, to the tsunami, to Katrina, to the tragedy in Haiti, to the Chile earthquake, to the shootings on the military base, to the theater shootings, to the numerous school shootings, including the one at Purdue a few years ago, to the numerous terror attacks by ISIS. There has been a lot of dark in our world. And the best that we can say about this past 15 years is that we've survived it. Now, when horrible things happen, we like to explain why they happened. Some people blame an angry God. Some people blame global warming. Some people blame mental illness. And some people say that these things are happening to us because God is punishing sin. You may have heard some religious leaders in recent history blaming the recent tragedies on God's punishment of sin. Not too long ago, there were some men claiming to be preachers that blamed all of the bad things happening in our world on sin. These are, the, these are the men that were on Purdue's campus that I'm thinking about. This is the same thing that some of the people in our gospel lessons were thinking when they approached Jesus. They were, there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood that Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. The people were trying to figure out why all of these Galileans were allowed to die by the hand of Pilate. The people wanted answers. What's going on in our world? We've been in the same boat the last 15 years. Why did all the innocent people have to die in New York, Haiti, New Orleans, Chile, Sudan, West Lafayette, or any other place where tragedies have occurred. Why? Jesus answered the people that were with him. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you. But unless you repent you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. We can learn a couple of things from Jesus' answer to them. The first is that all the people who suffered in these catastrophes that Jesus mentioned, they were this. They were sinners. We can tell that they were sinners because the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. How can we apply that to our day? Well, 
we can be sure that everyone who perished in the Twin Towers was a sinner. Everyone who died in Haiti was a sinner. Everyone who died in Katrina and Chile, all sinners. And every person that has fallen to terrorist attacks by the group named ISIS, sinners. They were sinners and they died. That is the first thing that we know from what Jesus said. He noted that the people who died in these catastrophes that were listed, they were sinners. The second thing that we can immediately learn from Jesus' example is that the people who died were no worse sinners than the people that he was talking to. What can we learn from this? The people who died during all of these catastrophes that we've been mentioning were no worse than you and me. The same sins that you struggle with are probably the same sins that they struggled with. Jesus wants to get across to the fact that we are all sinners. We need a Savior. Twice he said, no, I tell you. No, this did not happen because they were worse than you. Then he said, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus wants us to look at tragedies and be reminded of our frailty in this fallen world. That hymn that we just sang, it was a guy running for shelter. He he recognized, naked, I come to you for dress. I have nothing, nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to your cross I cling. If my zeal had no respite, no. If my tears could forever flow. All of that for sin could not atone. You must save. You alone. Jesus wants to use these horrible things as reasons for us to recognize our weakness. So that we would turn to his strength. Jesus wants to use, make no mistake, what the devil means for evil. He wants to use it for our good. To turn us to himself so that we would have everlasting life. Did you know that after 9-11 happened, many of you may not, you were pretty young at the time, But after 9-11 happened, church attendance skyrocketed. It skyrocketed all across the country. After many of the mass shootings and other tragedies, there are often prayer vigils at churches that overflow in attendance. You can't find a seat. Let me ask you this. Do you think that that's what the devil wants? No. But God uses what what the devil means for evil. God uses for good 
the saving of lives. Now I recognize that 90% of the people that return to church after 9-11 do not stay. But I know for a fact that some in my family did. Jesus does not explain to us the hidden will of God in our gospel. He does not say whether this happened because of their sin or not. That's not the reason. He doesn't say that's the reason. He simply said that it didn't happen because they were worse than you. And the fact of the matter is that whenever tragedy strikes today, we cannot honestly know why this or that tragedy struck. There's no Bible verse that tells me why the tsunami happened. I don't know. We could try to figure out why, but the truth of the matter is that all of our explanations, they would only be guesses. And we don't want to set our faith on guesses, especially guesses by another fallen individual. We simply do not know why this or that happened. We cannot answer definitively in any way. But when tragedy does strike, we do understand how weak we are and how everyone needs a Savior. After Jesus answered the people, he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree. I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put on some manure. Then, if it should bear no fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. In this parable, each person is like the fig tree in that vineyard. You and I, fig trees in the vineyard. And Jesus is like the vine dresser. Left on our own, we do not bear fruit, and we are useless. We are as useless as a fig tree that does not bear a single fig. Some would be tempted to throw us away immediately. We bear the fruits of hate instead of the fruits of love that a child of God should bear. What do we deserve? We deserve to be cut down. But Jesus, the vine dresser, said, Let me give my life for this tree. I will serve it with all that I am. I will dig around it. I will take out any impurities that hinder its growth. Things such as our sin and our rebellion. I will then fertilize it with my word and sacrament, my body, my blood. I will be patient with it and I will give it as much time as it needs. 
and I will not cut it down unless I am sure that it will never bear fruit. God is patient with you and I. He gives us every single opportunity that is necessary for us to believe. And we want to make sure that we do not reject his word after he has brought us to faith. One thing I do want to note is that many of those people that died were sinners, but many of them were also saints. Many had been recognized that they were foul, and many had uh, to the fountain flew. Does that make sense? Christians died just like non-Christians in these tragedies. So I, want, I don't want to say that everyone that died did not know the Lord. I, I don't know who knew the Lord and who didn't. But he gives every single one of us every opportunity that we need. Why? He loves us. He desires nothing more than for us to be forgiven and to bear that fruit. We need him. And you know what? He longs to serve us. He is love, and that's what love does. He washes your feet. He washes your head. He feeds you and nourishes you. And what did it cost him? Everything. Take hold of his word, his sacrament, his love for you, and bear fruit. For as we know, all of the tragedies around us, as we know from all the tragedies around us, tomorrow is never guaranteed. We are sinners in need of a Savior, just like everyone who dies around us. We are not invincible. We need Jesus. And we cannot bear the fruits of faith towards God and love for our neighbor without him. We can't do it. He is the only one who can make us members of his heavenly vineyard. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, Use the events in this life, both good and bad, to open our ears and to, so that we would hear our words, hear your word and be drawn unto you. Amen.